0: Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about the 13 categories of emotions that music makes you feel, how scientists solve the mystery of two strangely small T. rex fossils, and surprising things that happen to a pregnant person's body.
0: Let's satisfy some curiosity.
1: Lately, we've talked a lot about experiences across cultures. Stuff like whether things like music or emotions are universal, no matter where you come from. Well now, new research from UC Berkeley suggests that the emotions evoked by music are universal, too. The team found that those emotions can be mapped within at least 13 overarching categories. But these feelings still differ across cultures in some important ways. To figure this out, the Berkeley scientists surveyed more than 2,500 people in the United States and China about their emotional responses to rock, folk, jazz, classical, marching band, experimental, and heavy metal. Then they crunched the numbers and put each distinct feeling into its own category. Eventually, they arrived at 13 overarching emotions. Amusement, joy, eroticism, beauty, relaxation, sadness, dreaminess, triumph, anxiety, fear, annoyance, defiance, and feeling pumped up. It turned out that participants in the US and China all identified similar emotions when they heard the same songs. The Jaws score, for instance, made everyone feel afraid. Meanwhile, Al Green's Let's Stay Together struck feelings of sensuality. But interestingly, while the general feelings people felt were universal, they were judged differently in a couple ways. Namely, when it came to how positive or negative and stimulating or relaxing those feelings were. Psychologists refer to those characteristics as valence and arousal, respectively. That suggests that how we feel about our feelings is culture specific. We can mostly agree that a song makes us feel joy or anger or annoyance, but depending on our cultural values, these feelings could be more or less positive or stimulating. Remember when we mentioned on a previous episode how happiness has a more upbeat connotation in Western cultures and a more solemn, serene feel in Eastern cultures? The same thing is going on here. The researchers translated their data into an interactive audio map, which we'll link to in the show notes. You can move around the map and listen to thousands of music clips to find out if your emotional responses match up with the ones researchers found. Pretty cool. So if you need something to pump you up or to make you feel dreamy or heroic, there's now a surefire way to help. This research shows that how music makes us feel extends across cultures, even if our interpretations of those feelings might not.
0: Scientists have uncovered the mystery behind why two Tyrannosaurus rex fossils, discovered in the early 2000s, were so darn small. And it's not because there's some new, unidentified species. You know, bigger isn't always better, especially when it comes to T. rex skeletons. Yes, the Tyrannosaurus rex was famously enormous, but these two fossilized skeletons of smaller T. rex specimens have recently clarified new aspects of the T. rex life cycle. The skeletons are nicknamed Jane and Petey, and at first, they confused researchers. They were small by T. rex standards, each was about the size of two horses placed end to end. The enormous fossilized T. rex skeletons at most museums are more like five horses long. So were Jane and Petey proof of a pygmy T. rex species? Nope. Turns out they were, wait for it, teenagers. Museums usually stockpile the biggest possible T. rex fossils, so people just weren't used to seeing younger specimens. That and the fossils weren't found near any prehistoric skateboards or copies of Fortnite. Actually, that's what teenagers do, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm so out of touch.
1: (laughs) All the the TikToks. I (laughs) I
0: had the TikToks back then. (laughs) Well, ultimately, scientists figured out what was going on with these T-Rexes by using paleohistology. Ever heard of that? That's the study of the microstructures inside fossilized bones. It involves analyzing the layers of bone in fossils, kind of like how you'd analyze the rings in a tree. Jane and Petey turned out to be somewhere between 13 and 15 years old. Not even old enough for a dino driver's license. Scientists already knew that T. rex didn't fully mature until age 20, but these fossils offered new insights into what young T. rexes were like. They seem to have been pretty quick on their feet, and they appear to have had relatively delicate table manners. Like, a grown T-Rex could bite down with about 8,000 pounds of force, so they just crushed bones and sucked out the marrow. Teenage T-Rex, though, used sharper teeth to slice meat off the bone. And teenage T-Rexes were also flexible. On average, they grew at about the same rate as modern birds and mammals, though their growth rate changed based on their food supply. When food was abundant, they grew quickly. In times of scarcity, they grew more slowly. Pretty neat trick. Even back in Jane and Petey's day, bigger wasn't always better.
1: The miracle of birth is, well, a miracle. It's also pretty weird, and it makes some surprising things happen to pregnant bodies. Sure, there's the baby bump, but did you know about voice changes, loosening joints, bad breath, and blood weight? Ah, the joys of reproductive health. And today we'll get into why pregnant people experience these weird, uncomfortable bodily changes. The hormone changes that occur during pregnancy are real, and they're to blame for a lot of these weird symptoms. The pregnant body gets flooded with estrogen and progesterone in order to grow a baby. And those hormones influence all sorts of things, including lung capacity, muscle control, and bodily fluids. They also cause the vocal cords to swell, which changes the voice. And that's why pregnant women often sound a little huskier than they normally would. Another thing pregnancy hormones can do is give you bad breath. At least that's the theory for why pregnant people tend to have a surge of smelly bacteria colonizing their mouths. This can also lead to inflamed, bleeding gums, which is why, along with regular doctor visits, regular dental checkups are also a good idea during pregnancy. Next up is loosening joints. That might sound scary, but it's a super necessary part of being pregnant, and it's also related to hormones. The body releases a hormone called relaxin during pregnancy. No surprise, relaxin' relaxes the connections between the bones. That's because the pubic bone has to come apart a little so there's room to deliver the baby. It's normal, but it also means joint and lower back pain. It's also why you should give up your seat on public transit for pregnant people. Pregnant bodies also have more blood than the rest of us do. Blood volume increases by up to 50% during pregnancy to feed all that extra growth. So yes, some of the weight gain people experience during pregnancy is related to the fact that they're carrying another human. But a lot of it is blood, too. And I mean, a lot. So now you know what to expect if you or someone you know gets pregnant. It's going to get weird. But that's also pretty normal.
0: Well, I think we learned a lot today, starting with the fact that UC Berkeley scientists identified 13 overarching feelings that you get from listening to music. What's your pump-up song before a marathon?
1: I have a whole Spotify playlist that I very carefully curate. Mm. I mean, I've said I've said this before, but I do love Lizzo. She's very good for pump up music. Also, what's the? It's kind of on the nose, but Florence and the Machine "Dog Days Are Over" is a really good running song.
0: That's pretty cool. You know, I had one pump up song when I used to go to the gym and lift weights. It was "I Walk Alone" by Saliva.
1: I don't know that one.
0: It's because it was Batista's entrance music in WWE. Not even my favorite wrestler. Just like the song. Got it. Pretty good way to get pumped up. Plus, that guy's jacked. <laughs> Look at him. You're like, all right, I'm going to go lift some heavy stuff.
1: <laughs> and we also learned that two T-Rexes that we found in the 2000s that were kind of small weren't a pygmy T-Rex species, but were actually teenagers. And they helped us learn more about how T-Rexes grow up.
0: I think now the researchers are legally required to rename Jane and Petey, Robbie and Charlene Sinclair.
1: Wait, Why?
0: Because of the Dinosaurs TV show from ABC from the early 90s.
1: Were they, were, were they teenagers? They were
0: teenage dinosaurs. And it talked. <laughs> it was a really funny show. It was. I do remember that show. Also, one of the research papers we used as a scientific source for this article is titled Growing Up Tyrannosaurus Rex, Osteohistology Refutes the Pygmy Nanotyrannus and Supports Ontogenetic Niche Partitioning in Juvenile Tyrannosaurus. So you can find a link to that paper in today's show notes, along with other other sources as always. But I bring this up specifically because when I was adding the citation to today's episode show notes, I totally randomly noticed that I went to high school with one of the authors.
1: Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Super small world. Like it's the same person?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I found her on Facebook and we're friends and she totally is a researcher on this paper. So shout out to Katie at Montana State University and keep up the awesome research.
1: Amazing.
0: Super small world. And I would say that I learned about the way that bodies change when pregnant, like blood volume increasing a lot and voices getting lower, stuff like that. But... My wife teaches prenatal yoga classes, so I kind of already knew all these things.
1: Well, a lot of it was new to me. I didn't know you got bad breath. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I mean, I do know that pregnancy is, like, incredible. I mean, isn't it just wild that the human body can actually, like, cook a human up and make a new one?
0: (laughs) Cook it up? Yeah. Bun in the oven, you know? (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk and Mae Rice and edited by Ashley Hammer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily.
1: Today's episode was scripted, produced, and edited by Cody Goff.
0: Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes.
1: And until then, stay curious.